Pasar Experience. So if you are looking for a language tutor, you want to practice your language skills, especially if you uh, don't live in the country uh, where the country you're learning is spoken, or if you're traveling a lot like I am, then I recommend you go down to the description below the video and check out um, a link there for italki or italki because that is a service I have used an awful lot over the last few years, as many of you know who are regular viewers to the channel. And there you're going to find tens of thousands of uh, language tutors and you can have classes with them, one-on-one -on -one individual classes via Skype. Uh, you don't have to meet them in person and you can do all the payments online. And it's something that I have used regularly over the last few years to learn my languages. And of course you get a special discount. If you go through my link, there is some starter credit of $10 towards your first lesson. So go check out the link to italki or italki, depending on which way you want to pronounce it. Welcome back to another episode this is part two of episode three of the podcast, the Zara Experience podcast. So as I said um, last week, it was actually a little bit too long this to do one episode when we came to the, put editing it together. I'm actually no longer in Brussels in Belgium. I'm in Odessa in the south of Ukraine. Lots of great content coming from here. So if you're new to the channel, I'm Connor, and yeah, go ahead and subscribe uh, to the channel so you get and make sure you whack the notification bell so that you get notified whenever there's new videos uploaded. With that said, let's get into today's episode. How much um, Russian do you need to know? I mean, like, is it feasible hmm. to say that you just learn, studied Russian for a few months and then you come to Odessa and you're fluent in Russian? Or how, like, how much do you do you? Yeah, that's a very good question. Need to, to, to learn anything. I think you need to get up to an intermediate level. Yeah. I think you'll have already, like what normally happens in my experience with language learning is that you have, when you learn that initial stage from zero to beginner, like say high beginner, yeah. you get a huge boost. Yeah, exactly. You get this motivation. And you're super motivated because it's like a honeymoon period. Everything's exciting. It's new. You, get, you can see your progress very easily because you start from zero. So you start from very low base. Then you have the intermediate phase where I think it's really complicated because your progress is very slow and you make a lot of mistakes and you actually kind of go down in your social social interaction to a certain extent because you have all these new problems because you complicate everything. Yeah. And then you come out of that and then you're into the advanced stage and then boom, you get so much extra value in your experience once you hit that. So you got that intermediate stage that's tricky. I think you need to be a little bit past that beginner level. I think the beginner stuff will give you a huge boost. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can you can buy train tickets, for example. <laughs> you don't uh, sit at a train station waiting for your buddy to come for three hours. Communicate taxi drivers, yeah. maybe all, all the things in restaurants. But then if you really want these deep of connections with the people, want to hook up with someone who doesn't speak English. Yeah, if you want to have a romantic, romantic experience with someone who doesn't speak the language, I don't want to hear any bullshit about the language of love and it's just all about like miming or something. Listen, that. <laughs> My yeah. first girlfriend didn't speak any English either, right? but I learned Chinese yeah, very see, quickly. So maybe see. that's another trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe get a girlfriend who doesn't speak any English. That would help a lot in terms of like, a, <laughs> but no, if you can have a real meaningful conversation with a the person, then that obviously brings things a long way. Okay, some people, some Russian or Ukrainian are going to be curious uh, still a little bit about meeting a foreigner. There are a lot of foreigners, by the way, in Ukraine. So don't think if you travel there and even if you speak some Russian that you're going to be some sort of a superstar in Odessa, people are not going to care. There are like no. millions of foreigners visiting and a lot of them do speak Russian. Um, a lot of Turkish guys learn Russian. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of connections between the country and they're like, I don't know, tens, hundreds of thousands of Turkish guys who yeah. go to Ukraine to look for a wife, a girlfriend, a hookup or whatever. They're looking for sex and uh, you know, it's a whole mixture obviously. But a lot of them do learn Russian. So don't think just by learning Russian, you, you're automatically going to get all these kudos. But it does help 
and has helped you set you apart and I think especially with Ukraine having a certain reputation for sex tourism I think if you show up and only speak English the probability of being perceived as someone who is yeah, maybe a sex yeah, tourist yeah, 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 is a lot higher if you do not speak Russian yeah, than when you speak Russian yeah. because if you speak Russian it's like oh okay you obviously didn't just show up for the weekend yeah, you've obviously yeah. invested time yeah. into learning the language you either hang out here you have a business you're here you're also interested in, in the culture yeah. maybe yeah and then you're less likely to be perceived that dramatically less likely in my experience and I think that helps a lot with my interactions regardless of the level but yeah definitely if you get it up to the high beginner you go you're gonna get that boost you're gonna be able to do a lot of things but I think to really have the deep connections you need to go a lot further and the problem with the intermediate phase just to warn you is that you do at times have this like drop drop in my experience in your social interaction because you overcomplicate things yeah. but and that process, yeah, can take a while to get over it and boom, you're over that hump then. So yeah, that's what I think about the level of Russian that you guys out there are gonna need um, when you come to travel in the region. So yeah, um, what else can we say about uh, our experiences with learning languages in the East? I, how did you find Romania? Because we've been talking about Ukraine and Moldova. I think Moldova, we had a fantastic time. Uh, we didn't stay very long. We went to Transnistria, it was all very exciting. We weren't gonna, sh maybe we can explain that to people like, um, we went to Transnistria and we had read online that, you know, they would point a Kalashnikov at you, the soldiers, to explain the, ba the backstory to Transnistria. It became de facto independent in the early 90s from Moldova. There was a war and it's not rec internationally recognized, but, and there are Russian peacekeepers in inverted commas who are there legally there, a certain number of them at least, are legally there under the terms of um, the, the peacekeeping mission. And, uh, but there are a lot of, the, I mean, obviously it was a pro-Russian uh, politically uh, territory and we'd read that basically if we went there that we would have guns pointed at us and then we'd be expected to pay money yeah that was no was not true <laughs> so, no we were a little bit scared because we didn't know anyone we didn't know anyone who had been there before yeah. right we were like the the pioneers at least like in, in within the people in the community uh, we are uh, among the people that we know um, yeah, so everything was fine, right? We arrived at the border. What happened at the border? Was this, wasn't this? Yeah, so we had discussed beforehand um, what we would do if we were uh, stopped. So basically, we decided, right? If they um, if they ask for money, we're not going to pay. And oh, if no. they their car is off to prison, that would make the story a lot more interesting. <laughs> so we were like, all right, fine. We're just not going to bribe them whenever it happens, and we're going to film, right? So we only had like we didn't have a, a vlogger set up. We just had our cell phones, oh, yeah. and it was like early like iPhone fives or something. Maybe it was even iPhone, iPhone 4. four. I think. Oh, God, quality was going to suck in that. Anyway, so we arrived. We were like, okay, these soldiers are there. Actually, I think the first one was a pretty girl. So I was like, whoa, I hope she uh, detains us and interrogates us. Because that could get very interesting. Um, but then there was another uh, male soldier there. And he was like, uh, you can't film here. Because we were like with her, her oh, cell yeah, phones we like this. Filming, yeah. Yeah. And then we said, oh, okay. We put them down. Then we walked to like another 20 meters where we had to go to the passport control and get this little slip of paper or an erasure card. And we turned on the cameras again and no one really cared. No, no <laughs> to be honest, it was a little bit anti-climax. We were like, yeah, I think these stories, these rumors are just like made up. It's actually completely fine. And but someone, someone actually wrote to me and said, that's not true. I had to pay 50 euros. And I was like, why would you pay 50 euros? Oh, they told me to. Uh, yeah, and I was like, man. But yeah, yeah, I guess I spoke in Russian, and then they were like, "Yeah, yeah not look, a victim." If you look like a if you look like a tourist, you get there like on your on your sandals and with a nice yellow hat or something. <laughs> yeah, but it also, I think if they see that you are afraid, and they're maybe more likely to to charge you, right? But we were there very relaxed, 
and well we were pretty well read about about the whole situation at the border so yeah transition i'm going to make another video about how I'm many actually times have you been there actually because you went many times back after after, after I, had, I actually saw a dated a girl who was uh, from Tiraspol, so i actually went a few times uh to transnistria afterwards um after that trip it's like the next summer i think uh and then i you know it's like there's a group the airport up until recently when they opened a new terminal in Odessa was better in Chisinau so I actually used to take the flights out of Chisinau and then I always had to at least transit through yeah. Transnistria uh, but we had other we stayed a few times in uh, Gastonisa Rasia where we stayed yeah uh, and we Gastonisa partied there a couple Rassia. of times with friends I brought a British friend there went with my Italian buddies once um, so I've been through the territory I think like 30 times but you, you never had a problem <laughs> no, actually Transistria was completely fine. So if you're thinking of going Transistria, then I'll make a good travel vlog uh, this summer, and you guys can what all can, go and check. Why should people go there? I mean, like, well, what can, what can you do there in Transistria? I mean, it has a lot of the paraphernalia from the Soviet area because it's in their flags. They have their own currency. It's just like a it's little bit of no, like a mysterious place. In yeah, Europe, right? people don't really think it exists, but yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, people are really friendly. They get even less tourists than anywhere else because yeah. there's no airport there. So basically, you gotta be either in Moldova and Chisinau or in Odessa, and you want to take that trip. Yeah, so, uh, I think, so I think in, like the least visited country uh, country in Europe is Moldova, right? Belarus, I think it's. Is it Belarus? But Belarus changed their visa laws recently, so maybe they actually have caught up and yeah. overtaken Moldova in the last year or two, but. Well, I guess been between those two. It's well, even less. It's even less risky. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, local people. It was like a, I would describe it as um, like a typical post-Soviet Russian town. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, the city. People have their own passports, right? Yeah, they have their Transnistrian passport. We saw copies of them when we yeah. were there, and local people, because there are so few visitors, are like really curious, and yeah, their yeah, yeah, faces yeah. will bright up, yeah. light, you know, brighten up, and. They'll be so excited to to talk to you. That was our experience when we went there. Yeah. Um, so, it, <clears throat> yeah, it was like complete opposite of what we'd read online. It was like, no, this is probably the friendliest place I've been. Um, Belarus is also, I think, in that level. Belarus, Belarusians are so welcoming and friendly. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of giving you that experience. So if you go to Eastern, you want to even go to the less visited parts, the, the road less traveled. In Eastern Europe, you just, you don't want to, you should definitely go to Kiev, Lviv, Minsk, Moscow, Odessa as well. But if you want to go to places that are less traveled, then Transistria is definitely, and Tiraspol, the capital, is definitely a good overnight trip to make, like stay overnight and get to see the nightlife. So I think we summed up the reasons why Russia. Uh, what do you think about Romanian? Do you think you should bother Romanian? What's your learning Romanian? Yeah. Well, obviously, if you like Romania, you want to spend more time there, then I think it's going to make sense. But for me personally, I think we'd rather hang out in, in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I think you get more. I think you got more value for money in, in countries yeah. like Ukraine and Romania. I don't really know. I haven't spent too much time in Romania. I've only been there with you for four days, so I can't really say. But the impression that I had, I mean, I spent, also spent a month in, in Lviv um, last year or two years ago. Yeah, you can't just, you know, every morning you go out for breakfast and then lunch. And then again in the evening you go out for dinner, like in really nice restaurants and for less, less than five euros you have a really good meal with a glass of wine. Um, taxis are super cheap. I don't think uh, Romania is at that uh, price level. No, definitely um, not. Yeah, and it's also like Odessa, Kiev, but also Lviv, they're really like beautiful towns, not, not touristy. Well, maybe Ukrainian tourists, but not many foreigners there. Um, a lot of Turkish guys. Ah, lots of Turkish guy, yeah, that's true. Okay. There are a lot of um, 
I think in my experience, because I actually spent a good bit of time in Romania, I think Transylvania is one of the most beautiful regions yeah. in all of Europe. I think if you're interested in traveling the region, go to Trans Tra Transylvania. I think that's really the highlight. And they have beautiful towns there like Sibiu Brasov, Sibiuswara. Amazing city. Uh, these are not huge cities. They're like, you know, a few hundred thousand people at most. Uh, I think even less than they're like 200,000. Um, and definitely if you're going to spend time there, then it's good to learn uh, yeah. Romanian as a language, of course, for communication. Romanians tend to be more multilingual than Russians or Ukrainians, even Moldovans. They tend to speak a lot of Romance languages because it's pretty easy with the yeah, Romanian to learn Italian, Italian well, as, as, I, as you saw, because I spoke in Italian yeah. and uh, Romanian uh, and some French, uh, Italian, Spanish and French on that trip. Um, so and they and young people tend to speak more English and they're super excited to speak English um, a lot more than in Ukraine or Russia or further yeah. east uh, but definitely if you learn Romanian it also helps of course when you're spending a lot of time but I would only do it if I really enjoyed yeah. the country and I think Transylvania is the best reason uh, to go there and actually I'm going back to improve my Romanian for two weeks in Sibiu during the summer ah, okay. uh, so I'm gonna do that um, but I understand what, what you mean price level Romania is significantly more expensive than Ukraine but if you're flying from Western Europe or North America you're still gonna find it extremely cheap plus <coughs> mm -hmm. you thank you Cover. Uh, Gesundheit. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah basically don't expect it to be as cheap as it used to be in Romania um, I also think that Ukrainians or Russians are more open and friendlier in general than Romanians. Romanians tend to be a bit more reserved. So I yeah. think the overall experience as a traveler, yeah. especially when you learn the local language, is better in uh, Ukraine and Russia. But on the other hand, people in Transylvania are friendly and friendlier than, I think it's an issue in Bucharest. I think in the south of Romania, people are less open and uh, less friendly than in the provinces uh, further to the north or the center of Romania. Uh, Bukovina people are so friendly in Bukovina in the north of Romania, Maramuris uh, also a bit more friendlier and Transylvania as well but I think overall yeah unless you really love Romania mm -hmm. and you can obviously speak with less people if you learn Romanian versus Russian my advice to you is like if you're traveling the reason Russian first for sure yeah. and then learn the other languages if you like that country in particular yeah. and you spend time there but there are a lot of good reasons to, to love Romania and to learn Romanian um, how did you find the girls in uh, in Romania, Jan? Man, we only spent four days. I can't really tell. I guess I have to get, I have to go back to Romania with you uh, someday, Connor. But um, we can do that. That can be arranged. Summer can be arranged. <laughs> and I guess if you, the listener or the watcher, want to go, um, well, then uh, they know who to call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jan, uh, it's been great as always to catch up and to have you as the first guest, the first interview on this podcast. That's the end of today's podcast, so I trust you got good value. If you're still here at the end, uh, go check out uh, Jan's site. I'm going to link it below. He's uh, helped me with my first 500 words in Ukrainian, when I put it on that language project that I had, and he can help you with many other languages because he has them in obviously French, German, Italian, Spanish, and I think... And also on our YouTube channel, there's like yeah. lots of free videos where we give you best tips and tricks on language learning, motivational videos, everything is there for free. We also have a lot of content for language specifically, so for Italian, French, also for Russian. There's lots of stuff out there. Check it out on the YouTube channel. So go check them out, give them some love. And that's the end of today's podcast. It's been great to have you. You've stayed until the end. Well done, um, <laughs> as always. 
Uh, I'm, this, we're recording this in May 2018, this podcast, and I've actually recently launched a language course, which is up and running, and you can check that down below in either the show notes or in the, in the description to this video if you're watching it on YouTube, where I bring you through step-by-step uh, how to learn any language, so not just for Russian or Ukrainian or languages like Romanian in the region, but also in general, you'll be able to apply those. Also, um, just opened up the beta version of my new course about traveling to Eastern Europe. Also going to find details on that in the description. So if you're considering traveling to Eastern Europe, you really want to get in on that program. I'm going to really help you and make your experience phenomenal in the region. <laughs> Jan has to leave. And um, this Vedanya, I think I'm going to have to bring this dude to the hospital. Anyways, I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast. Check out the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching this, make sure you're subscribed. You have the notifications bell whacked and you'll get the notifications and peace out and see you again soon in the next video and podcast. Sar experience.